1: This is the Heart, Soul & Hustle podcast, episode number 111. And on this episode, I've got my good friend and mentor, James Wedmore, hanging out with me, so stay tuned. Hey there, you're listening to the Heart, Soul & Hustle podcast. My name is Zach Spuckler, and on this show, we talk about how to go from passionate side hustler to full-time online business owner with tips, tricks, and interviews to help you take it to the next level. Let's do it. What is up, Hard Hustlers? Welcome to another episode of the Hard Soul & Hustle Podcast. Now, I'm really stoked for this week's episode because I've got my friend and mentor, James Wedmore, coming on with me. Now, for those of you who don't know, I've been working with James since the end of 2015, and I continue to work with him because this dude gets that business isn't just about the latest funnel or strategy or advertising hack. He gets that there's more to it than that. And we've talked about mindset a Little bit on this show. But I have this saying that I've mentioned on the show before, which is the difference between six figures and seven figures is all between your ears. And it's what you tell yourself and it's what you believe and it's what you think you know about business. And so I've brought James on the show today because I want him to challenge what you think you know about business. And I want you as a listener to be open to being challenged on the things that you think you know about business. So Get ready, get excited! I think I've said enough. It's time for you to meet my good friend James Wedmore. Hey, James! Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Zach. Have I if I've been on the show before? Right? Yeah, you've definitely been on the show before, and I'm back. Uh, it's been a while. One, one, one of our favorite episodes from both uh, my standpoint and a listener standpoint. One of our top downloaded episodes. So we're really excited to have you back.
2: Thank you. I'm, I'm honored. I appreciate you uh, having me. So thank you very much.
1: Yeah. So in the intro, I talked a little bit about how I've been working with you for, gosh, several years now. But for those of the, uh, my listeners who are kind of new to you or new to the show, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and we'll go from there?
2: Yes. And I'll try to keep that as short as possible. 11 years ago, uh, I started my first online business, which was how to bartend on the internet. And uh, it, was, you know, it was a total failure. It was a disaster. It was where I learned so many lessons. But it was enough to show me the possibilities that are available to us on the internet and blending that with being an entrepreneur. It gave me a foot in the door to keep going. And one of the things that I noticed was unique about me that I didn't realize until I started going to other marketing events and conferences is that I had been using video on my website, I was teaching people. I mean, you could still Google these. If you don't believe me, there's videos of me bartending from like 10 years ago. Uh, I'm in like a little bow tie and a vest and stuff, no joke. And people would say, how are you doing this? And the light bulb started going off and I was like, well, wait a second, I could teach this. Uh, I have a background in, in film, uh, you know, visual storytelling, film production, screenwriting. And so I started teaching video, video marketing and YouTube marketing. And I quickly became known as the go-to video marketing guy in the industry. And it was about that time. And you know, we built a seven-figure business around it that I'd have customers, students who would go through my stuff and they would... Their big win, their big breakthrough was, I did it. I made a video. And I was so happy for them. But at the same time, I felt like I was meant for something greater. Like I started to kind of question, is, is my only purpose to just help someone make their first video. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong about that or, or whatever, but there was more impact I wanted to create. And so I started working with some people behind the scenes. Uh, Zach was one of them. I started a small group, started working with actually just 12 people. Uh, one of those was Zach. There's people that were just, like just at a six-figure level. And I actually spotted Zach on Periscope back when Periscope was like the bee's knees. And I was like, man, this kid's got something. And that's like one of the things I will brag about. I think I have a very good talent for spotting talent, for spotting. And that's, I think, something we'll get into today. People that have the right mindset and just way of being when it comes to entrepreneurship. So I saw a lot of potential in this young whippersnapper. And I reached out to him and several others. And uh, a group of 12 of us started working together. And I... Just started teaching them everything I knew about how I took a $97 product to a million dollar plus business. And I was doing it before Facebook ads and, you know, stuff like that. And what I found was that, well, first of all, like, you know, seven of them like hit seven figures. Every single one of them, like two to six X their business within a year. So we're on to something. But what, what I noticed was really fascinating with that, and they noticed what was fascinating, is all of them came in. We worked for a year together. We did 4 little events. And Zach, I'm sure you can speak to this as well. Most of them came in expecting that James was going to teach them some secret funnel. Like, ooh, here's the real funnel, the, the real launch strategy that no one's really sharing and talking about and he's going to reveal it. And for an entire year as I taught and I coached, I rarely talked about business or marketing at all. Like It was one-tenth of the conversation what really came up time and time and time again was simply put what was getting in the way, what was getting in the way for them, what was a roadblock or a hurdle and whatever was getting in the way for them was always something in their mind, not necessarily something that was out there in the world. And when we began to work on shifting how they think about business and entrepreneurship, shifting their beliefs about business, their success became inevitable just became a natural byproduct and you know i just look and i laugh because i taught so little and i love that because so many people have made business very complicated and when you teach more and more and more and more all you're doing is adding to the to-do list of making it more and more complicated and a lot of people go look look at me look how complicated i've made my business and business is actually very very simple you know, and if if you're a personal brand or you are monetizing your courses, your content, we're in the business simply put of solving problems, getting paid to solve problems. And if, if you are a personal brand, it's as simple as build an audience and sell them what they want, you know, build an audience, attract your tribe. And I'm talking like, Oh no, not 200,000 people. No, no, no. We have students that are doing this with like, yeah, I got my first 50 people in a Facebook group and I did my first promotion, finding out what they wanted and I offered it to them. And like 10 people bought and I just made like five grand, like hashtag win. Let's go on to the next step. Right? So when we start to realize all the stuff, the stories, the wrong programming that's getting in the way, that becomes the work. And that's the work I get really passionate about. And so I'll shut up in a second, Zach, I promise. I know you just wanted to <laughs> have a 30 second version of, uh, tell me a little bit about what you do, but here's the analogy I'd like to offer. Zach, did you, did you please tell me you did this as a kid? Cause I know I did it all the time. Do you ever like go to the mall and you like ran up the down escalator just to, because you could? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Right. Okay. That's how I see most people trying to run their business. They're running up the down escalator And they're moving like you're moving your legs and your arms. You're like the hustling run, 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 run as hard and as fast as you can, but you're not really moving. You're kind of stuck in the middle and then you're starting to get tired. And the more tired you become, the more fatigued you become. You notice you're actually going backwards, right? And so what most entrepreneurs like that are struggling, their natural disposition is say, uh Oh, things aren't moving at the direction I want. And at the pace that I want, I'll move faster. And what I suggest instead, which is a far easier approach is say, well, like, let's just turn this escalator off. Like, let's just turn it off now. Mm -hmm. you'll still have to, when it's off, you'll still have to go up the stairs. You'll still have to do the work, but how much easier does it become then when you don't have this downward force, right? How much like you still have to take one step and then the next step, no one's, you know, I'm not going to lie to you and say, Oh, like, Oh, you just like close your eyes and magical stuff appears in your life. You'll still have to do the work. But you will not have that layer of resistance that so many people are bumping up against. And we, so we want to ask, if the escalator is going down and you're trying to go up, in this metaphor, what is the resistance that is going against the grain? And it is. It's resistance. And the definition of resistance that I love is resistance is simply a belief or a thought that counters your desire. And when it comes to starting your own business, being an entrepreneur, working for yourself, the amount of resistance that people have is massive. It is pervasive and we don't even know it. And then we wonder why working harder and running up that escalator faster isn't working. Maybe it's giving you progress, but it's still there's this massive downward force pushing you in the opposite direction. My goal for everyone here listening today would be to start at least at the very least slowing down that escalator or turning it off completely. So that's what I do. Was that short enough?
1: <laughs> that's yeah. all the time we have for today, folks. Yeah, uh, that, that's it. Now uh, we'll wrap up now. Um, no, I mean, that makes so much sense. And I, I love what you said, which is, You know, when we started working together, I did go in with this belief that you were going to show us this funnel or, or show us this strategy. And what it really came down to is a lot of beliefs about business. And when we go to these events now, I think that we've kind of peeled back the layers. And, you know, what I find myself asking is not how do I you know, do X, Y, and Z. And, and maybe you can attest to this. Like when I come to these events, my questions are more like, you know, I've identified this belief. How do we fix that? Or I've identified the way I'm doing things. How do we change that? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's such a key distinction to realizing that, you know, something I like to say and that I've said on the show before is the difference between six figures and seven figures is what happens between your ears. It's, it's not what happens in your funnel. So Let's dive a little bit deeper into this. What do you tend to see is the primary resistance or is there a commonality that you see with this resistance uh, when you start working with people? Because you work with a really large base of of people now inside of your program, Business by Design, inside of your coaching programs, inside of your mastermind. Is there a commonality that you're seeing that is a resistance we can start to work through uh, removing right away?
2: Yeah. There's, there's two that come up immediately when you ask that question and these are the two primary ones. So here's the first one. This is, I think the easiest one. And this comes from something that I think we all learned in school. Now here's what I want to offer is that, look, I loved school growing up and I also hated it. And I kind of talk about it a lot and it's a little controversial folks. So like, you know, just hold on to your seats for a moment. Um, You know, I'm not knocking school, but what I have to do is I say, look, there's what you learned in school, which is like, and this is for like most people who went through like the public education system. There's what you learned in school, which is like the content that they put into your head. But what most people don't even look at is what did you learn as a who to be in the world from that environment of school? And that's what we never really question. We're focused on yeah. This is what I learned in school. I learned about math and basic, you know, algebra and blah, blah you know, and, and arithmetic and writing and all, you know stuff like that. But how did you learn how to be in the world from school? And one of the things that's always really bothered me is test taking, because to get to the next grade, we are asked to memorize the facts that are being given to us like in a history textbook. And if you're, you know, if you pass the test, you move on to the next grade. And so what I've always thought was like, am I really learning history or am I just learning how to memorize things? Is am I being tested on my memorization skills or am I being tested on my knowledge of history? Because how many times in school, can we think back to like we short term memorize it and then like a week later, we forgot it all. Right. <laughs> but what else is being taught there? is this idea that you cannot progress or move forward until you have all the information. Hmm. And if you really think could like ponder that for a moment and just get present to that idea that, I mean, I, I had a friend that almost didn't graduate high school because they just like flunked out. Like they just checked out the last semester and like, they're literally were like, we're going to take away your you know acceptance into college. You're not gonna be able to graduate because of like one Quarter, and you just see this idea over and over and over again. This theme of if you don't know it, you can't go on. Let me ask you guys does that sound familiar? Are you perhaps doing that in your business? How many times have Zach, you and I both heard people say, I can't move forward, I can't take action, I can't launch, I can't sell, I can't get started because I don't have all the pieces yet. I'm afraid I'm missing something. There's something else I still need. I cannot connect, I haven't been able to connect all the pieces. Yeah, we see that constantly. And that is one of the biggest hashtag backwards way to approach business. If you are waiting for all the pieces and all the information, the way we were taught growing up, you are going to be waiting a very, very, very long time. And chances are some of you listening here have been. And then of course... What do you do instead of wait? You just stay busy working on the wrong things. That's another story we'll get to in a minute. But that is not what happens. That is not entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is identify the next step on the path. Take that step and the next step will illuminate. Action creates clarity, but people have it backwards. I'm waiting for all the clarity before I can take action backwards approach. Okay? So that's a huge one I see is people think they need to have everything and know everything before they can do something. School never really taught us and gave us permission to, you know, leap and the net will appear. It's an old Zen saying I like live by it to jump and build your wings on the way down. You know, no that's reckless. That's not the right way. Well, it is for entrepreneurs. Because if you really think about what the nature of an entrepreneur is, it's to create and do what has never been created before. It's to see what's never been seen. So it's just a paradox that you've created for yourself. Wait a second. You're going out, calling yourself an entrepreneur, which the very nature is to create from thin air from a blank white canvas of possibility yet you're not going to do it because you need to have all the pieces first. You're the one creating the pieces, (laughs) but you're waiting for someone to give you all the pieces. It's backwards. So that's a big one I see. And you might want to notice if you're listening, how often you are hesitating or holding back or hiding because you're still waiting for that dot to be connected, that additional puzzle piece. There are no more puzzle pieces. Take the one you have now. And the great question I always love asking myself is what is my next required action? What is the thing I could do right now? The next action, the next step
1: that would give me more clarity action creates clarity. So that's the first one. Did that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And you know, right along that line that you said action breeds clarity. I think there is this belief that in order to take action, we have to have clarity and you can't get the clarity until you take action. Yeah, um, exactly. we, we recently launched a membership site recently, like eight months ago. And what's really fascinating is I feel like we're still learning all the pieces. We're still learning what works. And yet the perception from our audience is that it's this wildly successful thing. People are reaching out saying, can you teach me how to run a membership site? And... The reality is like we're still we're still building the pieces but I think what's more important is that it illustrates your point is that you don't need to have all the pieces for the perception of success to be there and for you to have something that other people desire to learn about. People want to learn from someone taking action not from someone getting A's on the test. Exactly. Exactly. Look, I know. And in fact, I think this has become a bit
2: of a, like uh, an epidemic in our industry. There is a lot of know-it-alls that have no results. There's a lot of people that are the A student. They've taken all the courses and then they start kind of getting uppity. I know this already. Look, here's the thing. Not only does action create clarity, but true knowledge can only be created from experience. So mm-hmm. if you've taken all the courses, but you don't, You haven't taken action and you don't have results, you don't know diddly. You know nothing. <laughs> and, and that's not a bad thing. Like People get really offended and triggered by that. But I love, especially if I'm learning something new, that feeling and that space of I know nothing. I think thinking you know everything is the biggest trap. It's the trap of the idiot. Because when you think you know everything, but nothing's working, here's what happens. Someone like... James or Zach starts giving you an idea or suggestion and you're not open to receiving it, what you're doing is you're hearing what Zach is saying. You're listening to his advice and you're going, okay, where does this fit into what I already know? No, it doesn't fit into what I know. So I'm going to reject it. And we keep operating from what we know. And I'm here to tell you that most people are just simply not wired for entrepreneurship. It's not our default programming. Unless you're raised by a family of traveling entrepreneurs and like (laughs) by them directly, then you are not wired for entrepreneurship. But what people do is they're taking the common sense that they have and the the way they learned how to be in the world from their upbringing, from society, from our education system, all these things, which are not bad. It's just, we're a rare breed. It's a rare breed to be an entrepreneur. Okay. And then, but we're taking the same ways of thinking and acting and being of the masses, which I do like to say the M is silent there. And we're applying it to the (laughs) the 5% or the 1% of people, the difference. I don't have to tell you that the entrepreneurial greats, that have come before us, like like the Steve Jobs of the world, the Richard Bransons, they changed the world because they first, and that's the key word, operative word, first thought about and saw the world differently than everybody else. Yet we're applying the same way of thinking that everyone else has, and we wonder why we're not getting any different results. And I love what the late Wayne Dyer said. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So all I'm offering here is that we need to start looking at business, looking at you in the context of business differently than we have. And that's where things begin to open up. And that first example of if you're waiting to have all the pieces before you can move forward, it's the wrong way of looking at business. In fact, one of the reasons why I believe people are doing that is because they're afraid to make a mistake. I think more people are struggling because they're avoiding doing anything wrong. And I think the only reason I'm successful is because I love doing things wrong. I'm not afraid to make a mistake. I'm not afraid to look like an idiot. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to break something. I'm not afraid. I don't know what else is there that people are afraid of. I'm not afraid to look bad. I'm just not, I used to be. And again, all of this comes with a lot of compassion because I spent five years of my life worrying about these, like so much consumed all my time and energy. And then, hey, what do you know? I struggled like you wouldn't believe. But if you're sitting there going, what should I do? Should I go left or should I go right? Should I choose A or should I choose B? And you're doing this from a place of, I'm afraid I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to afraid I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to tell you right now, the only mistake that you're making is not choosing one of them because you're afraid you're going to make a mistake. That's the mistake. You've already made the mistake. Just choose and go. Because here's what else I like to say. People throw around the F-bomb all the time. And I'm not talking about the fu CK word, I'm talking about failure. So many people are also trying to avoid failure. But here's the thing that most people don't realize there is no such thing as failure. Failure is a complete illusion. Failure is, you cannot see failure. You cannot point to it. You cannot hold it in your hand. You cannot put it in your backpack. It is an interpretation, it's a decision that we make based on what actually happened. I failed. This was a failure. Right. It's an interpretation. But here's the thing. People are avoiding, by the way, something that doesn't exist. We're freaked the F out by something that isn't real. It's a decision that we and only we can make. Right? Someone could tell me, Oh James, you haven't made a hundred million dollars yet. You're a failure. Okay. It's your opinion, you know? So so what? So compared to anything, something could always be a failure. Right? So we're afraid and we're trying to avoid this thing that is not real. But here's the kicker. As an entrepreneur, what we do is we set out to go do something. Like we create a goal. Now that goal we just like pulled out of our arse anyways. We just made it up. And we say, okay, I'm going to do all these action steps in order to accomplish this goal. And if you actually took those action steps, like you didn't you let go of the old belief that I have to wait for everything until I can take action and you actually move forward, guess what? One or two things is going to happen. You're either going to get what you wanted, like the result Maybe it's the launch numbers, the customers, the leads, the follow, whatever it is. You're going to get what you want and you're going to be stoked or you're not going to get what you want, but you're going to get the lesson that you needed. That's it. Prove me wrong, but you either get what you wanted or you're going to get the lesson that you needed. But here's the tricky part. If you continue to not get what you want and call that a failure, you will not find the lesson. The interpretation of failure will mask the lesson. And if you do not learn the lesson, you are doomed to repeat it. And this is why so many startup and struggling entrepreneurs never make it. Because it's just failure after failure after failure in their mind until they finally say, I knew I wasn't cut out for this. But if you learn the lesson and you master the lesson, you progress. And then something else will happen and there'll be another lesson, but you will not learn the lesson when all you're focusing on is this is a failure. So yeah. anyways, does that make sense? Does
1: that resonate with you? Yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And I think, can you talk a little bit about, I think there's this belief that we fail when we don't hit our goals Mm -hmm. Um, like we, we recently did a, did a launch and it was a small launch and we kept it really internal and we had this goal in our head that we wanted to hit. And so we didn't hit that goal. And I remember, you know, talking about it with somebody and I was like, this was a a total failure. We totally messed this up. Should have been X, Y, Z. And that person looked at me and said, you got a three to one return on your money, right? We had spent X amount on ads and we got a three to one return and they were like, that's a total success. How do you, I guess, reframe, you know, yeah. it's, it's nice when you've got somebody like lucky, lucky for me we're you know, I invest in masterminds and coaching programs where I can reach out and say, here's how I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. Fix me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. How, do, how do you, how do you self correct when you find yourself in this idea of failure Perfect. Okay. There's a couple
2: things that's happening here. First of all, how you're thinking and how you feel. Like If you feel like crap after a launch or a promotion or not hitting your goal, you don't actually feel the way that you do. Well, look, first of all, I don't need to tell you or anybody else that you can't perform and serve your people at the highest and lead your team to quote unquote victory if you feel like crap and you feel like a failure. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So we know that we need to not stay there, right? So this is like, let's address this. So if someone like Zach were to feel this way, like, I feel like crap. I feel like a failure. I feel like we just like tanked this. The reason you're feeling that way is because you're responding to an interpretation. You're not responding to what happened. And when that person individual came in and said, you had a three to one ratio, all they did is they pointed out the facts of what did happen. Like those are undeniable and unquestionable. You spent a thousand, you made 3000 or whatever three to one is, right? Those you can't deny. And then when you changed your perspective, right? You felt differently. And that's because when you change your perspective, you adopted a different interpretation, an interpretation that was much more like, like, let me just ask you, when that person pointed out that you had a three to one ratio, what did you make that mean? we were immediately like, that's awesome. We can, we can do that
1: all day, every day.
2: Right. So he went from a, Oh crap, this didn't work and it will ever work. And we spent a lot of time and a lot of money and then and, and blah, blah, blah to all of a sudden, Oh, we could do this again and we can do this again and we can do this again. And now I see the possibilities and now I see the future and I see what this is going to do for us, for our team, for our customers. It's amazing. All of a sudden he feels more amazing. So by shifting the perspective, he also shifted the interpretation. But if we go to the interpretation of failure, we're also adding interpretation about the interpretation of failure, which is this was a failure. Therefore, I wasted time. Therefore, it's never going to work. Therefore, I'm a failure. Therefore, I might not... You know, and we go to dark, dark places. Therefore, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Therefore, maybe I got to give this up. Maybe I got to fire my team. Maybe I got to go back, get a job. Maybe I got to try something else. I got to start... We got all this stuff. Right? And that's our interpretation of it. None of that is real. None of that actually happened. And as soon as we had a shift in perspective, we noticed, oh, Actually, we had a three to one. So there's a lot that can be done there. But the biggest thing is to practice being... Well, let me actually add one more thing. When we create a goal, like that's where Zach started with. He's like, I created a goal. So first of all, where does that goal come from? We just make it up. right? It's just this made up number. But there's something else that's happening when we make up that number that most people don't realize because it's happening subconsciously. We make a meaning and what is called an attachment to that goal all of a sudden that it's, a, it's an imaginary made up number that we pull out of our arse. Like you just, ah, uh, let's do 10,000. I don't know. Like, so the moment you choose it, you're pulling it out of thin air. But every moment after that, for most of us, and I'm going to show you guys how to fix this moving forward is now you start adding meaning to that number that has no meaning. You start saying, okay, if we've got to hit this, okay, if we don't, then, it means blah, blah, blah. And it starts to feel heavy. And, and, and when you look at that number and you're like, Oh my gosh, we're nowhere near that. It feels even more heavy. right? And it's because you've made it mean something. And this is where goals go from being awesome to like being the death of the d- demise of your business. Where every time you look at that goal, you feel like, Oh my God, we're so far away. Oh my gosh, we're never going to make it. And I, I'm so defeated and deflated because we've put all this meaning and interpretation into this goal. And the thing I always want to encourage is I love goals if you can detach from them completely. So for me, this is what, how we do this. And it, this takes a little men, this is like mental gymnastics. A goal for us does not define us. Okay. A hitting a goal, having a goal does not define me, does not define my team. It doesn't mean anything, but what it does is it tells me which game I am going to play. So if I go into a launch and I say, I want to do a $10 million launch, right? Okay. You know, that's huge, right? We've never done that. So what instead I do is I say, look, it doesn't mean anything if I don't hit it. It doesn't mean anything if I do, but, or comma, and what that goal gives me and allows me is it's going to create, let's see the best way I can describe this, create an environment where I'm gonna have to show up and be someone that I've never been before. And that's the only thing I get excited about is that in the process of going after this new goal or this new game, I reinvent who I am and what I do and how I think and where I spend my time and what we do differently in an effort to hit that goal. And that's all I care about. Who do I discover myself to be? in the process of going after this thing. And it's like, to me, and maybe, you know, cause I've never played like football professionally, but to me, it's like playing in the Super Bowl. Isn't it like, okay, you don't win. Like you play in the Super Bowl and you didn't win. Like, yeah, you could call yourself a failure and beat yourself up and blah, blah, blah. But you just played in the Super Bowl. You know? <laughs> And, like, that's what I get attached to. Like, that's what I get excited about is like, I played the game and I played it at the highest level, which is, you know, NFL, professional football, at the last final game where it's the two of the best teams. And I played there. And that's what I get more excited about is like, we showed up, we showed up differently, and I got to discover what I'm capable of. And you can't do that if you've completely attached all this meaning and significance to some arbitrary number that you made up. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, totally.
2: I know it's very intellectual and intangible, but this is all the stuff that's happening in our mind. I mean, I've had clients and people you know that ha- go into what I what we've familiarly called launch freefall, which is they're in the mid- middle of a project or promotion and things are not going the way they wanted and they freak the f out. And one of the biggest reasons why they're freaking the f out is they look back at that goal and then they look at the results they have thus far in the middle of the launch and it's not matching up. And the biggest thing I say is like, look right now, you got to knock this out because your people need you. They don't need a freaked out, upset, crazy person. They need their leader. They need their authority, their teacher, their influencer. And you're not being that right now. So I said, what's that goal again? And they like, well, tell me the goal. And I just said, rip it up, get rid of it. Cause it's not doing you any good. And every time someone does that, they're like, Oh my gosh, that feels so amazing. Yeah. It's not the goal, though. It's the meaning that you gave the goal. Mm -hmm. You made it mean all this stuff that isn't true. Like if I don't hit it or we got to be at this point by this day or whatever. And that's the stuff that's going to trip us up. And so whenever we go into anything, it's always from a place of how can we serve? How do I need to show up for them? Who can I help? And how can I help? And those are things I have control over. See, what people don't get is that you're trying to control something that you have no control over. You want $100,000 in sales, but you can't control someone's mind and their thoughts for them to pull out their credit card and out of their wallet and type it into the internet and send you money. You don't have control over that. That's their own free will. You can influence it slightly, but you do not control that. And so when you're so attached to something you have no control over, sure, you're going to be freaked out and upset, but you got to let go because there is no control over that. You just, you don't, you cannot control that. But what you can control is how you show up and what you say and who you're being and serving and helping and, and your commitment and your level of service. Those are the things that you can control in any moment. And that's always what we focus on. You know, that's always going to make someone feel a lot better because that's something we have a say in. So, you know, that's what I'd have to say about that. Goals can be our best friend, but they can become our worst enemy if we're not careful.
1: Yeah. And I, I just, I love that. I think that's so true. And I think launch free fall is, is such a relatable thing. And we just recently had someone, pose the question on a a video that we did saying, what if I do a beta launch and I only get five out of the 20 people I want? And we basically were like, you get to celebrate, you know, you got five people. That's awesome. You know, you, you can choose to look at I'm 15 short of my goal, or you can choose to say I get to serve these five people and show up. Exactly. And it's those little things where, you know, hopefully that person is listening and then doesn't take it personally, but it's those little things where it's almost like when you pose that question of what if I don't hit the goal, you're already setting yourself up for what that truly means.
2: Absolutely. And you can just see how much fear is controlling people's decisions and preventing them from taking action. And if you just look at that, like, what if I only get five people to sign up for my beta? Then guess what? You have five people that signed up for your beta. <laughs> it's just, it's five people that signed up for your beta. What's to be afraid of that? And that's not what they're actually afraid of. They're afraid of, well, what if they think, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. or She's not successful or she's not good enough because you only... That's what we're afraid of. And that was the other thing I was going to say, which is the big one is how much fear that is masked by the way, by logic and working hard that people are running and operating from. And if you just like, it's the fear, that's the down escalator, really it doesn't show up for fear for all of us all the time. And like, again, it shows up like as logic or like, you know, now is not a, you know, it's back to school. So it's just not a good time to launch. And then of course we're going into the holidays. So I think I'm going to wait until next year. And well, that's a very logical sound argument for, you know, procrastination and putting off what you should be doing now. Right. There's always a bunch of logical reasons to talk yourself out of your dreams. And it's just fear masked as logic. You know, these are great examples of people that like, we're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of what people will think about us. We're afraid of people, what will people will say of us. And what we don't realize is in those moments, we're giving all of our power away to what people think of us. And, And the thing is this, people are already judging you. You have people judging you for not taking action. You have people that will always judge you. People judge me all the time. You've judged me on this episode by listening to me You saying, oh, he's, he kind of sounds like a jerk. He talks too fast, right? You know, he's like, God, but lighten up, James, you know, whatever you have your judgments and your opinions, people will have their judgments and opinions of you. What you have to realize is that what someone thinks about you, by the way, it's human nature, right? For people to judge, they do it all day long. What someone thinks about you says absolutely nothing about you. So why would you let that prevent you from getting on with your life, living your dream, being aligned with your purpose, being happy, providing for your family and helping people because of what someone else thinks about you when they probably go around and judge a bunch of people as it is. It says nothing about you, but it says everything about them. In fact, how many of you can think of somebody who is someone that really comes to mind for you, someone that always sees the good in everyone? Like we all have that friend, right? Might be you, but we all have that person in our life that, always seems to see the, the sunny side up the, the, you know, the positive side of things, the, they just see the good in everyone. Notice our opinion of that person. Notice what that begins to say about that person. Wow. Like they're just such a optimistic, like beautiful soul. So notice what it says about the individual that always sees the positive and then you can start to realize what it says about the person that's always going to point out the negative including the negative in you and that's the person that we're giving our power to that's the person that we're going to say okay so i'm not going to launch my beta at all i'm not going to move forward at all in my business because this person that always sees the doom and gloom the person that always notices the negative the person that's so you know like hard on themselves that they have to be hard on others might judge me. They might say something negative about me. Probably not even publicly just to themselves, but still that's bad enough. Right. It hasn't, what someone says has nothing to do about you. And, and we are just living and operating in a constant state of fear of looking like an idiot being rejected and being criticized. And it rules our lives. And that's the second thing that is the biggest thing that comes up is then what people will do is they're, they're so afraid of being like outed. Like someone's going to catch me in the act. You know, someone's going to point out that I'm not perfect, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not an authority enough. And so people hide. And where do they hide? They hide in their business. They hide in their busyness. They add to their to-do list. To say, you know what? I'm not ready to launch. I'm not ready to do that Facebook Live. I'm not ready to put out the bounding beta offer together because I have all these other things to do. And that is, again, fear masked as logic. You are lying to yourself. You are lying to yourself because you're afraid to put yourself out there outside of your comfort zone. I can make a to-do list for you and keep you busy for the next 6 months. 12 hours a day. And you could be the hardest working person on the planet and you would still not make a single dollar in your business. And here's why. Out of that entire list, there's just 5% and that's worth writing down. 5%. 5% of activities that are directly responsible for 95% of the results in your business. But all 5% of those activities are outside your comfort zone. They're outside your comfort zone because they'll put you at risk to that judgment or that criticism. I get judged, criticized. I put a post on Facebook that went viral. It's had like 400,000 views. I had people calling me an effing idiot. I, one guy said he wanted to punch my teeth out. I had people saying just like the craziest stuff about me. I promise you I'm okay. No one reached through the computer screen and hurt me. I slept at night just fine. I didn't lose even an, an ounce of sleep. I'm good. Right. And cause it doesn't actually have an effect. It doesn't have to have an effect on you. But we have an example. I just released it on my podcast of, of one of our new members of Business by Designer. Her name is Jacqueline Kinzer. And in one week, she went from nothing to launching her beta, 15 spots. I don't know what the th- interesting theme of 15, but she had 15 spots as well, 497 a piece. And in one week, she filled all 15 spots and generated her first $7,500 online on the internet. And she had no list. She had no audience. She had no website. She didn't even have a Facebook group. She didn't have anything. But she didn't let all the stuff that other people let stop them ever stop her for a second. She didn't make it about, I don't care what they think of me. I don't care. You know, or she, she didn't make it about what they think of her. They didn't make, she didn't make it about what if they judge me? What if they hate me? She said, I have something that I know is going to help people. I got to find a way to get it out there and I'm going to do it. And to see her, how she did it is so simple. Like you guys still think you're chasing some new strategy. That's going to change everything for you. You're, you're just going, you're looking in the wrong direction. It's, we got to change from the inside out first. And, and that's what she did. It is her strategy was so simple. You would be sitting there going, what? That's it. There's something else she must've done. No. But one of the things I say to my students over and over again, and I'll say it here is how you see business will determine what is possible for you. How you see business is your beliefs, perspectives, your opinions, your thoughts about business. And for her, and you'll hear it in the episode, if you guys choose to listen to it was, I just need to help these people and I need to find a way to help them. And I, need, I know the contents there and I just need to support them. And I know the right people will show up and, uh, and then I'll help those people. And that was it. She didn't go, but what if they don't like me? What if I don't fill it up? What if only one person joins? Then one person joins. Well, I don't want to do it for one person. Great. Refund them. Try something different. (laughs) But it's a lot better to do it for one person or get one person to say yes. And then just keep sitting here wondering what what if, what if, what if, what if, what if on the sidelines. Entrepreneurs are made playing the game on the field, taking action, not sitting on the sidelines wondering... What if, what if, what if, what if? That will not get you anywhere. You cannot overthink and over worry your way to results. So, again, I could go on and on, but I just think, plain and simple, it's the last place people are looking is what's going on in between their ears and in their chest, in their hearts. And when we begin to shift the way we think about business, ourselves, in the context of business, Money—that's a big one. We haven't even talked about everyone's relationship with money is so effed up, like it's messed up. Um, And marketing and self-promotion, like that was one I used to really struggle with. Ah, like it's just backwards for people, and then they wonder why nothing's working. But they just think maybe this next funnel will do it, maybe this next you know strategy or blah blah blah, and they just keep chasing that. No one's like, just like pick up the mirror. This is what I like to do: is basically just pick up the mirror and just take a good hard look at yourself because your business is a direct reflection of you. How your business is right now, the business you wound up with is a reflection of you, the entrepreneur, and how you've been showing up in the context of that business. I heard a stat recently that really blew my mind. I think it'll blow your guys' mind that we make over a thousand decisions every hour. They're all subconscious decisions. 90% of our thinking our thoughts, our habits and behaviors are all subconscious as well, which means they're outside of our conscious awareness. We don't even know we're making them. So we're making decisions about where to focus our time, what we choose to do in a day, what we say yes to, what we say no to, what we do throughout the day while we're working, what we work on, what we avoid, what we procrastinate on, all these things. And we never look to why. Why did I make those decisions? How did I cut to those decisions? What were the criteria for making those decisions? Instead, it's like, okay, what's the next funnel that's going to, maybe this one will work. And we take ourselves with us wherever we go. So we can chase those things out externally, but we will repeat ourselves if we do not learn those lessons and we do not get rid of the blocks, the blind spots and the beliefs, the resistance that's pushing the escalator down. So there you go.
1: I love that. And I just want to kind of pull out what you said there, which is, you know, that, that fear of judgment. And I think, I think there's this almost, you know, belief for fear of sounding like a broken record or, you know, but that people think there's a way to do it where if I think about it hard enough, or if I plan right, that I'm not going to ruffle any feathers. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny, like while, while we're recording this episode, my phone went off and I have this horrible subconscious habit of checking it. So I'll admit that. And, uh, it was a message from someone saying, I really enjoyed this certain episode of your podcast. And what's funny is 48 hours ago, we got an email saying that episode of your podcast was the worst. And it's why I'm no longer listening to you.
2: hmm.
1: And you get to make this choice of like, you know, am I going to serve the people that I serve or am I going to serve the people that don't care or that don't like me? Yeah. And I just think there's, there's something to be said for realizing that you're going to ruffle feathers if you want to be successful. And I, I truly believe that's by any definition of success. And I think it sounds like, like you kind of have that belief too.
2: Oh, well, absolutely. Like if you very, if you, I would assume most of your listeners are influencers or want to be influencers. Yeah. The nature of an influencer is not Well, Let's look at it like this. It's called called an influencer. It's not called a a people pleaser, but how often are you doing that? Like before you press post or publish on a post or a, a podcast, are you hesitating Are you saying, will everyone agree with this? Is this what people will like? Will they like me because of this? And that's where we're operating from. That's not your job. I mean, if you want it to be, that's great. But getting people to like you does not make you money. And it doesn't help people either. That's just for our own selfish reasons. I know I put a lot of stuff out there that ruffles feathers and pisses some people off. I do that on purpose. Not to offend or upset or anger but because as an influencer, we need to influence their thinking. And if you're not influencing your thinking, you're just feeding them more of what they already know. And what they already know is what's keeping them stuck. Notice how some of the things that I've said here, you've started, wait a second, wait, wait, what? You know, you've questioned it. Maybe you've gotten a little, I don't know if I agree with that. That's the point. That's the (laughs) point. It's poke at their ways of thinking that is keeping them stuck. You know, like thinking you have to have all of it. You got to have a mastery in online courses before you can actually like do something. You know, which a lot of people, they don't know they're consciously doing that. Wake up. A lot of you are. And again, that'll kind of upset somebody, but it will also influence those who are truly paying attention and truly committed to making a difference and actually growing and do whatever it takes. It'll influence them to go, okay, well, I see I've been doing this. I'm going to do something different about that. And that's our, that's our role. It's not to get people to like us. That's the problem with like social media and stuff is it becomes a popularity contest where it's just like, I want to have the most friends or I want everyone to like me. Like, I don't need you to like me for me to help you. We don't need to be friends in order for me to make a difference. And I don't need our friendship or I don't need someone's opinion of me in order to have confidence in my abilities. That just doesn't, they just, it's completely, it's like oil and water. It doesn't do anything for me. Now, again, that's me in the context of business. When I, when James closes the laptop and goes home, you know, he has friends that if if I upset my friend I, and they don't like me, I'd be like really bummed out and like I'd be like I'm sorry, I didn't mean to upset you and like blah blah blah, right? <laughs> like that's human, James, who's just like a normal person that like wants his friends to like him and think he's a good guy and you know like questions that they still like, do they want to hang out with me? Was I being too annoying? Did I sit, talk too much? Blah blah blah. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about business and we're talking about the role that you play in the context of business, as an influencer, as an authority, as a coach, that's not who you are when you're hanging out with your buddies. It's not. And they're separate to me. I mean, you're still the same human, but there's a certain role we play just like how you might go hang out with your college buddies and get like drunk or whatever. And then you go and play with your young son or daughter and you play a very different role with them than you would with your (laughs) college friends. Right? So it's, it's, it's different people, different roles, different relationships, you know, your worth, your value. That's a whole nother topic, but it's never in question and it's never determined by what people think of you. Good. I, there, look, I've got, I share the reviews and the things that people say because well, my podcast goes way into like, you know, what people call like the woo woo stuff. I talk a lot about how I've integrated spirituality and energy work into a huge part of my life and my practice. And I love the people and it'd say, you can't build a business off of this. This stuff's nonsense. I like show them off. I'm like, thank you. Like, yes. Like, look, thank you for your taking the time to even listen. It doesn't make me doubt. Oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about this. And no, I gotta talk about what I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about what's made the difference for me and the people I'm meant to serve. There's a great quote I love and it says, I don't know what the key to success is, but the key to failure is trying to please everyone. And that's what people are trying to do. And they're trying to please everyone because they... Well, because they are worried, you know, what does it mean if I don't please everyone? Hmm. What does it mean about myself? If someone doesn't like me? And the answer is simple. It doesn't mean diddly. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not cut out for this. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not deserving enough. I won't ever make it. No one likes me, blah, blah, blah. Nope. It's the people that get that, by the way, it's the people that realize that are, that are the ones that are, that grow and become successful. That's why, you know, We started this episode with three years ago when Zach and I started working together, we we didn't talk about business. This is the stuff we talked about. Yeah. Because when you realize how much resistance is actually there and most people, I mean like we've just scratched the surface. That's what's holding us back. Not the latest Instagram strategies. Oh, I need to learn more about Instagram. No, you don't just start posting your stuff on there and sharing with who's willing to listen and not giving an F about what people think. Like I used to notice that in myself, like pulling back on like not posting because it's like, Ooh, this might, someone might not like this. It might ruffle some, f- uh, I don't, I don't think everyone's going to agree. And it's like, when you let that go, that's when you grow. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess the biggest thing that kind of comes to, to my mind that I can kind of envision people thinking is like, well, is there a secret to like flipping that switch? And I, I mean, maybe I can ask you, but my thought is like there, you, you don't just flip that switch. Like you're not going to wake up one day and be like, I don't care about anybody's judgments today. And like, boom, good to go. (laughs) That'd be awesome.
2: Yeah. So here's the first thing. Everyone's looking for that, right? So even in the world of like losing weight, like I, Zach and I both have like had been heavier in our lives. So we've, we've dealt with like needing to lose weight. And in the world of fitness, like even once you lose the weight, like I was like 200, I was like 70 pounds heavier, even in the world of fitness, like you still work out even after you've lost the weight. And that's the thing I really want people to get is this is a discipline. This is about bringing an attention and awareness to this area of ourselves and creating a mastery in the mindfulness of our minds as entrepreneurs, that there is no, you know, flip a switch. Now people will tell you there are, and that's great. And there's all kinds of stuff and rabbit holes you can go down to. And I bring a lot of people onto my podcast that do all kinds of cool things to help with that. But I will offer something that's a really great exercise to try. And this is something we teach our students and I've done it with Zach and countless others and it's just something to, to try on. And I'm just going to tell you how to do it. And then you can just go do it and you can practice it. There's a goal that you want. There is an outcome that you're after and it's probably sticky. Like you haven't been able to get it. And what I'm going to offer is the reason why is because there's a part of you that objects to it. That's the down escalator movement. There's a part of you that doesn't want it. There's a part of you that is getting a gain or a win by not getting it. But most people don't want to look at that part. And so one of the ways in which you can discover what you could ask, well, which, well, is there a part of me that objects to this goal that doesn't want this goal. And if you look, you might find something and that's the brakes being pumped. That's the down escalator. But another way to do this is to get into, and we do this in the video series that we'll talk about in a second is to get into a DeLorean and take this time machine DeLorean out into the future to the point in which you have accomplished this goal. Now, when you've accomplished this goal, when I said action creates clarity, I'm not making that up. The action will give perspective. And if you were to imagine that you could go to the place, the time and place in which you've accomplished this goal, you do have an opportunity where you could look back. And when you look back, you have a new perspective on what you really did to accomplish that goal. And one of the things that you could look at is what did I let go of in order to accomplish this goal? See, most people think that to get to the goal, it's about adding on and doing more, right? Running faster up the down escalator. And I'm here to tell you that it's so much easier to just turn off the down escalator, identify what you need to let go of and effing let go of it. And so that's an exercise to like work on. But again, all that does is really like open the door. That opens the door to seeing what's there. And you know, it becomes like a lifetime discipline of whatever that new, you know, new level new devil is for us and releasing that. It could be a belief about what if no one does this, you know, what no one signs up. It could be a belief of like what if no affiliates promote me? What if this? What if, but if there are all these like stories and beliefs and thoughts that we're afraid of. And where I love to operate from for everybody is that anything is possible 100% of the time. The only thing that's getting in our way is ourselves. And what we start to tell ourselves and convince ourselves is not possible. And if we just got that out of the way, we could move forward more into the place of anything is possible. So I will leave you with a, with a quote that I love. Well, the two quotes really, they kind of mean the same thing. The first I believe is that your success is inevitable. And so if you knew that in your core, not as a concept, but you knew it in your body, like in your DNA, that your success is inevitable, how would that feel? And what would that look like? And so the quote that I love is to live your life and to run your business and to show up in your business, like the ball is already in the cup, which means the game has already been won. The goal has already been accomplished. How would you show up How would you feel? What would you say? And what would you do if the game was already won? How would you be different? What would you think about differently? What would you do differently? Who would you be if you knew you'd already won the game? That's when we know we're moving in the right direction. And that's what's going to make the difference.
1: So that's all I got, unless you have more questions. No, I think that's a great place to kind of start to wrap up here. And you alluded to something like we're we're just scratching the surface here, but you've got something really awesome that goes even deeper. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so I
2: want to show all you guys how to think, act and be like a successful entrepreneur. There is a vision of your business that you have. Even if it's just a blurred essence, like a whisper of a, of a dream that you have that's very delicate, right? And one day it's big and bright and the next day you've like smashed it to the ground. And what people don't realize is that vision of that business that you have needs an entrepreneur. It needs a certain type of person to run that business. And so we're always asking, what do I need to do? What are the steps? How do I do it? And blah, blah, blah. But most people are not asking, what does that business need? And who does that business need in order to run it? And that's what I do. I help anyone who's a coach, a course creator, membership site owner, anyone who wants to take their content and build an online business. And I help transform them into the entrepreneur they need to be to run that dream business. And that entrepreneur they need to be is what we call the digital CEO. There is a seat. There is a role in your business that is not being filled. It's like an empty corner office in a skyscraper in New York city that says CEO on the door. And it's just this empty room that this desk and this chair that's covered in dust and that your business and the business you want needs that role and it needs you. And I want to show you how to elevate yourself into that role because once you're there and you're focusing on the right things in the right way, business doesn't just become more simple and more profitable, it becomes more fun and it becomes more clear. And I want to show you how to do that. We have an eight-part video series, Netflix style. They're like 10 minutes each. Uh, You can binge watch them in an entire sitting and it's going to show you exactly how we've been able to build a multiple seven figure on track to eight figure business. Same principles, same ways of thinking. We're going to talk about scalability. We're going to talk about offers. We're going to talk about rapid growth. We're going to talk about team. We're going to talk about a lot of the things that people aren't talking about because again, most people are applying their common sense. And what I talk about is very counterintuitive. It's very hashtag backwards. We spent six and a half months creating this series. I put my heart and soul into it. Like I said, I have a video background. So it's not just what people are calling the best free business training they've ever seen, but it's also probably one of the like highest quality, best produced video series you'll ever see, short of like going to the movie theater. So it's also got a lot of movie references. I'm a huge movie buff, so I think you'll spot a few of them as well. We had a lot of fun, but it's just we've been able to help a lot of people and if this is what you're looking to do, like, you know, grow this business, scale this business, actually, like, do what you thought you were signing up for when you said, I want to start a business, you know, like more of that freedom, more of that fun, more like, you know, I can do this on my own terms, then you got to watch this series.
1: Awesome. And we will link up to that series at, James, you're going to love this, at heartsoulhustle.com forward slash 111 hardsoulhustle.com forward slash 111. We'll link up to that video series uh, that James is talking about. You can can sign up for that right away. He just dropped the trailer, but I believe when we release this episode, it will be live. So you can go check it out at the show notes. We're episode 111. We're episode 111. Boom. (laughs) I thought you'd like that one. We love it. Uh, Awesome. Well, James, I I think that's a perfect stopping off point. Is there any last minute advice or, or actions that you recommend our audience takes to like maximize this episode? No, just, uh, I would encourage you guys
2: to listen again because these are big topics. Notice we didn't give you any action items like to go build a funnel and, and stuff like that. Okay. But these are like the big things. Those are the things that have made the difference for me. Um, the people that have been very fortunate enough to coach and help, And I would encourage you to listen to this a second time because you're going to hear something different. I guarantee it. I also want to make sure that they know they're also going to get a PDF that goes deeper into this. It's called Hardwired for Entrepreneurship. Identify the 17 ways in which successful seven-figure entrepreneurs think differently about money, business, success, and growing a business on their terms. So it's about a 40-page PDF. I think you guys are going to really like it. And i to make sure you guys are getting that as well.
1: Awesome. Well, James, I think this is a perfect stopping point. It's been awesome to have you on the show again. And and thanks so much for being here. Likewise. Thanks so much, Zach. Thank you guys so much for listening and staying all the way to the end. I appreciate you. All right. Talk soon. All right. So I don't know about you, but I thought that was a pretty awesome interview that James just gave. I wanted to... Take a quick second to recap some of what we covered and make sure that you got some of the really important points that I pulled out of the episode. Now, first things first, if you haven't already, head over to hardsoulhustle.com forward slash 111 and sign up for James's free eight-part video series. Like, this thing is bingeable. I don't know about you, but I love me a good bingeable Netflix show. This is like Netflix for your business, totally bingeable, all waiting for you right now. limited time, you seriously want to check this out. I'm going to be going through it again this week, and I highly recommend that you do as well. Now, James talked about a couple of things, and he said, number one... We're afraid of failure, but failure is not real. Because every time you set a goal, you get one of two things. You either get what you want or you get the lesson you needed. There's no such thing as failure. There's only learning or succeeding. And even succeeding is an arbitrary term because we're always changing our goals and changing what we're trying to do. He says that goals can be the demise of your business if you don't learn to detach yourself, your self-worth, your self-value from them. And I love this part. He said, you have no control over other people. So focus on the things that you can control. You can control how you show up. You can control what you believe. You can control the messages you feed yourself and your self-talk and your self-thought, but you can't force someone to take out their credit card and buy. So why stress over it? And finally, he said, fear is masked as logic. A lot of times we logically talk ourselves out of the things that are scary because that's the easy thing to do. And when we allow fear to be present in our lives, we can be brave. You know, I was just recently watching a movie and there was this great line from one of the characters where he said, you know, I'm scared. And he said, it's okay to be scared. Sometimes we have to be scared to be brave. And I just want you to sit with that. In order to be brave, in order to be courageous, you have to have some fear that you're working through. So those were the highlights that I pulled out. I'd love it if you'd head over to heartsoulhustle.com forward slash 111. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you thought about this episode. What was your biggest takeaway? Every time we have James on the show, he drops mad knowledge bombs and it's always a great time. So I hope you got a ton out of this. Leave me a note. Let me know what you thought. And until next time, keep hustling. Thanks for listening to the Heart, Soul & Hustle podcast. For more great stuff, be sure to visit heartsoulhustle.com.